Warning, the following podcast was recorded early, so some of the profanity may be out of date. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Robinhood and by how high we are right now. Are you guys mad at me? Guys, I'm not mad at you. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hey guys, it's me, the devil. I, uh... I just wanted to say keep up the great work, and uh, we did in fact evolve from Filthy Monkey Men. Keep killing it. It's March 7th. And we're in Denver, baby. I'm pretty uh, sure I'm no illusions. I'm fairly certain I'm Eli Bosnick. Oh, uh, he's then right. And from Jason Voorhees' New Jersey, <laughs> Cincinnati's Wing State, and Good Husband, Georgia, this is a Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, you ever think about the fact that your teeth are bones? Am, am I holding my arms in a weird position? Is Tom, it, like, where do your arms go? Tom will, Cecil will be here, too. Oh, um, first the diatribe. Right. <laughs> I got a blistering critique from a Christian listener who we'll call Mark because that's his name and fuck this asshole. So, Mark claims to have listened to every episode in our archive two paragraphs before asking if I've ever even read the Bible. But verifiably dishonest premise aside, the gist of his argument was accurate. The conclusions he drew from it were bullshit, but the premise was valid. So let me present the version of the argument first that he used. So I am sad and lost. And no matter how much gay porn I try to shove into the God-shaped hole in my heart, I just can't find happiness. So I lash out at God perhaps for not creating more gay porn, and rail against him every week on my podcast show. But I'm also afraid because deep down, I know God could kick my ass in a fair fight, which is why in 300 episodes and counting, I've never had the guts to bring a dissenting voice onto the show. Fearful that my facade of confidence would crack in the light of their brilliant defenses of faith in Christ the Savior, I cower in the dank prison of sin and masturbation that I've crafted for myself because I secretly know that the merest photon of holy light would clear away the sacrilegious mildew that has tainted my brain. And no, that's not an exact quote, but given the pomposity of his email, I'm pretty sure it would have been if only Mark could word as good as I can word. And while I'd quibble with the assessment of my motivations there, I'll certainly cop to the premise. 316 episodes without a dissenting voice and spoiler alert, all the future ones, too, because a dissenting voice and matters that are close to serious intellectual scrutiny are just incorrect people. And I'm not saying I've never had an incorrect person on the show. Hell, I've been an incorrect person on this show, but I'm certainly not going to go out of my way to have one here. 
So yeah, guilty as charged. If I was doing a show about medicine, I wouldn't invite homeopaths on to debate the germ theory of disease. If I was doing a show on astronomy, I wouldn't have flat earthers on to expound on the Frisbee hypothesis. If I was doing a show on wabbit season, I wouldn't have anybody on to talk about duck season because it was fucking wabbit season, regardless of what Elmer Fudd believed by the time he got home. When one side is right, the other side is in a dissenting voice. It's fucking wrong. And if you want somewhere to spout wrong, might I recommend any number of radio stations, television stations, podcasts, YouTube channels, newspapers, or magazines dedicated to wrongness in this particular field of thought. Or perhaps if none of those are to your liking, you can find an open mic night in one of the third of a million churches in America alone. But that's clearly not enough for this asshole who finds the one fucking corner of the universe that doesn't give time to his demonstrably incorrect bullshit and has the audacity to complain about its exclusion. But this is a closed fucking discussion and to seriously entertain the arguments in favor of it is by definition intellectually dishonest. And as much as the apologists love to struggle against it, it is no exaggeration to say that religious assertions are closed to serious intellectual inquiry. I mean, if you want to be crazy generous, maybe the existence of God exists on the outside fringes of legitimate philosophical debate. and, And that's philosophical debate you know that's that's where the simulation hypothesis and can i prove my hand exists live and does god exist just barely makes that cut but when you add any single claim on top of god's existence i.e when you enter into the bare minimum requirements to be considered a religion by any definition you've crossed into a place where even the philosophers have to give up on you and believe me they don't give up on anything easily and even knowing all that we still discuss your fucking arguments right I mean, kalam is pretty much the best arguments you guys have in so much as somebody can assign a most aesthetically pleasing turd award and we've covered that extensively on the show we just got done reading the best-selling apologetics book in the history of the language and we devoted something like six full hours to the damn thing over the past year i'm aware of precisely zero apologetics we haven't skewered in this show and no we don't pay them in the best possible light but that isn't because we're disingenuous it's because they're fucking nonsense So ultimately, if you think about it, Mark isn't even upset that the other side isn't being presented. He's upset that we're not letting someone come on to lie about the lie. This is whiny bullshit to the second power. And it's also not how arguments work on any other subject, right? Science doesn't advance because one theory bitches until it gets equal time with the other. It's just right or at least writer. Hell, atheism didn't gain traction by shaming religious shows into letting us have a few minutes. I mean, sure, science has had to lobby for its theories from time to time, but only when they came in direct conflict with this one particular religion's worldview. And if I had a dissenting voice on right now, they might try to negate my point by emphasizing some time that science actually did have to fight for equal time, but that's not a valid comparison since it was them we were fighting. If there are a lot of yelly fights at your workplace and you're the only person involved in all of them, they're your god damn fault oh i'm sorry what's that did i just point out the rebuttal to my own argument even though there was no christian here to correct me yeah mark that's a thing you can afford to do when you're correct and another thing i can afford to do is ignore assholes like you they're talking about your jesus interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin joining me for headlines tonight are you the listener It's just us this time because, A, you never get a chance to hop into these conversations, and B, we're all in Denver, and we had to record this episode in advance. But fear not, we stockpiled a few gently used headlines for you, so without further ado, we'll join these slightly out-of-date headlines already in progress. And in You Can't Spell Denialism Without Nihilism news tonight. 
just want to take a second to remind everybody that nothing we're doing matters and there is no hope. And in an effort to illustrate that, we move to New South Wales, where we meet Serge Benhagen, who Australia News describes as Australia's most powerful cult leader. Last year, Ben Hayen sued a former client for defamation, and that backfired spectacularly when the jury found that the fucking plaintiff was, quote, a charlatan who preys on cancer patients, end quote. The jury also found that he'd ripped his own followers off for millions of dollars and said that he had an indecent interest in girls as young as 10. Oh, fuck. Okay, we got to do this again. Uh, all right. Uh, Royal Commission into... Institutional responses to <laughs> cancer, child, yeah. sexual abuse. Do we have any commissioners left? How many royal commissioners are there? Three more of these, and we're going to need royalty or something. But Can okay. we double them up? <sighs> but despite that finding from a Supreme Court jury, whatever, I don't know what that means, whatever that means, a recent investigation by Channel 7 in Australia revealed that his scam, Ben Hayen's scam, still keeps chugging along and its membership is actually growing. Noah, look, the second you want to make a hard right turn with this thing into a cult, I am in. <laughs> Set up some low-grade miracles. Tom can be the muscle. Oh, there you we go. Whole yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. All right. So cult wild card. I would like you to mention what I would do. Ha. Cults? I got it. One second. You will say a goddamn nice adjective right tall. now. Tall. God damn it. <laughs> All right. So, okay. A couple of quick details on Ben Hayen and his universal medicine cult. And I'm actually just going to read you the opening sentence of the Wikipedia article because it's goddamn perfect. Quote, universal medicine is a socially harmful cult founded by Serge Ben Hayen, a former bankrupt tennis coach from Marobra who has no medical qualifications. End quote. And that's Wikipedia goes hard. <laughs> How do you yeah. go bankrupt coaching tennis? Right. What did you, what did you get a giant loan for that you couldn't pay back to be a tennis coach? What the what was fuck's your outlay? In your life? <laughs> um, and by the way, in case you're wondering where he falls on the perv scale, some of the signature treatments of the universal medicine cult are esoteric breast massage, ovarian huh. readings, and esoteric ovarian massage. Uh, esoteric breast readings and I'm um, out of combinations. I'm a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody walks into his cult. Hey, do you guys do like, you know, familiar, unmysterious ovarian massage? Get the fuck out. <laughs> esoteric. Esoteric only. God damn it. Of course, there's more to the cult than just magical boob rubs and finger banging. Uh, ben Hayen also has spiritual visions, the first of which occurred to him by his own account mid-shit back in 1999, uh, where he learned that he was A, destined to start a religion, and B, the reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci. And also, by the way, every news article I can find about this guy gets three paragraphs in at most before you come across a sentence like, quote, Mr. Ben Hayen has claimed his religion doesn't keep people in compounds or lock the doors, end quote. One hundred percent. If you say that, that is what you do. Yeah. <laughs> it, that is the no one never yells at us of cult. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to the cult. We do not. Hunt homeless people in our wooded area. That area is for all the other activities only, not <laughs> hunting homeless people. 
Not taking questions. Yeah. Go ahead. In. Right. I just wonder down. if he said that in response to a question or if he just volunteered it. So, yeah, doesn't matter the extent to which we debunk shit or the extent to which it shouldn't have needed to be debunked in the first place. There is nothing too stupid to make millions of dollars through as long as you call it a religion. <sighs> Next up in headlines, we have some good news about a Christian student and some bad news about a Christian school, which actually works out well so we can hate the idea without hating the person. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and hate both because the kid's an asshole. <laughs> and the good news is the kid lost a court case about refusing to learn about the existence of Islam in her high school history class. The bad news is that a Christian school canceled their event for Black History Month because a bunch of their community had a meltdown when they heard one of the speakers was going to be a gay person. We'll start with the Christian school, Immaculata Catholic School in Durham, North Carolina. Boo. They felt like they were already <laughs> bending over backwards to be woke when they organized a celebration of hetero black history. Month. <laughs> so when a group of students and parents found out that city councilwoman Vernetta Austin, a graduate of their school, was going to talk about her blackness whilst being gay, that was a bridge too far. Jesus, she so. can't even fuck a dude for the duration of her presentation. Lesbians are so greedy, I'll tell you. Right? Unbelievable, yeah. So these people planned a demonstration to protest the event. They didn't want gay stuff ruining the integrity of the black stuff. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And in response, the school decided to go with the most Christian thing they could think of when faced with a bigotry conflict. And that would be to cancel the entire day of learning. Yeah, right. And then turn over here and go like, I hope you're happy, the gays. Now yep. no one can I just go. love that someone came into that guy's office and was like, uh, sir, a bunch of us are going to demonstrate how we are in the middle of us pretending how we're not. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> shut it all down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, so that was fun. Uh, well, that brings us to the good news about the asshole kid who lost her court case. It all started when her history class had a lesson about Islam, and she decided to protest the assault on her bigotry by refusing to learn any facts about the thing she hates. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying she wouldn't still hate Islam after learning more. I, in fact, I'm saying <laughs> the opposite from experience. Can confirm. <laughs> But that's good. We want kids learning why religions are terrible based on facts. But she's still an awful human being. And same goes for her parents who created this terrible person and backed her up on her choice to sue the school for, uh, I guess, negligent fact presentation. Uh, I, is that, not sure. Is that against the law? I feel like I, I need to talk to Andrew about suing my entire inbox. Dear Noah and not Google, here's what a word doesn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, despite the school being nice enough and spineless enough to let this have no effect on this girl's grade, the case made it to a federal court where a sane person finally told this girl and her family to go fuck themselves using fancy court language. So... The uh, court finds a sexual congress with the defendant should be overseen by the raising party post haste. <laughs> Eli's heard that in court a lot. He knew that just kind of off the top of his head. Yeah. You can't sue someone to make them fuck you. Learn from my <sighs> mistakes, everybody. Well, so here's the thing. Um, it's 
2019, let's not forget that <laughs> good news in 2019 usually just means the bad news isn't quite here yet. Yep. And that pattern continues with this story very possibly. It looks like the kid and her family are planning to appeal the decision and waste more taxpayer dollars on having intelligent people explain to them why facts don't count as Christian persecution. You're an idiot. Um, <laughs> or they'll win the appeal. So that's the other side of that. So the giant waste of taxpayer money is best case scenario ending with a good. But we're not sure. It could go either way. <laughs> yeah. And in big gut fish news tonight. Oh, Jesus Christ. Thank walk, you. walk us through that one. Walk us through that one. <laughs> it was so long. <laughs> I was so. It's like a big thing fish. But where I write all fish. the related words. Oh, because big fish is a phrase that people <laughs> yes. say. Yes. The and movie. This is a bigot. And the story. I don't see how the story water. is about a big fish. No, because it's about they teach him to fish. Is the th yeah? I get it. I water. Get it. I see how you Nailed got it. there. No, all right, Killed that it. is crushing it. Yep. I am Moving the gammon of this podcast. <laughs> In that tonight, if you tuned into last week's show, you're familiar with West Virginia legislator, pastor, and monster from the TV show Legion, Eric Porterfield, who caught a little bit of flack last week for using a gay slur during governmental proceedings, and then responded by calling the LGBTQ community the modern KKK. All while looking like Grimace with albinism, right? <laughs> it's like a cartoon pimple went into politics. Yeah. Eric Porterfield definitely loved Chunk. That's, that's a <laughs> love Chunk. We know that for sure. <laughs> He could not look more like sloth. He looks exactly <laughs> he well, he could like trim goddamn down sloth. And look, he could trim down a little and look like sloth, yeah. And I love that there's been people who've been like, there's got to be ways to push back on his ignorance without pointing his physical. What Are you crazy? This is our gift. Yeah, right. Physical don't parents. put it on a tee like that, man. Let's not talk about his size. That well, I'm going to talk about Eric Porterfield's size. If that puts me on the wrong side of history, I will wear the armband. No, it's, he, I'm, it's my line. He, he could cure cancer. We're still talking about his physical appearance at the press conference. Yeah. Like what? Absolutely not. Let's keep it to his ideas. No, you keep it to his ideas. <laughs> This year on Vulgarity for Charity, we're just going to be talking about ideas. Boo! Three dollars <laughs> raised. It's a roast. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, 2019, and Porterfield is an asshole, so someone pointed a camera at him, and surprise, surprise, he had more terrible shit to say. So, when asked in an interview on WVVA News this week what he would do if his son or daughter told him they were gay, he responded, while wearing a Make America Great Again hat, quote, well, I would dress my daughter first as I would take her for a pedicure. I'd take her to get her nails done and see if she could swim. What? If it was my son, I would probably take him hunting. I would take him fishing. Then I'd see if he could swim. What's happening? Yeah, no, it's a clever little West Virginia reference to killing your children. And look, I'm Brownie. not Brownie. usually a big fan of infanticide. But if we're ever going to make a genetic exception, right? Oh, <laughs> solid point. Uh, well, I am usually a fan of that. And this is still <laughs> at the top of the list. And to be clear, it's a competitive list. Right. No, it yeah. was easy to get on my list. There was nobody I guess, waiting. I got to laminate a new thing now. <laughs> yep. It's got to take down a website. It's the whole thing. Right. And so, so no, you had to take that, down that then, website anyway. <laughs> 
So he said that, and then, this is super important, nobody punched Eric Porterfield right in the fat fucking face. And I mean, really hard. You know one of those really, really hard punches where someone immediately does that like fake whisper, like call 911, call 911 thing right afterwards? <laughs> Nobody did that after he said he would drown his gay kids. Yeah. That's yeah. What and, and if they have this story, it would have been about the heroic efforts of the people that later extracted that person's fist from the sentient rolls of blubber that congealed into Eric Porterfield in the first place. <laughs> It's amazing. It's like sloth got inflated and then melted and then inflated and then <laughs> melted. Yeah, like, like, like glass blowing, but like f- f- jowl fat. Jowl fat being glass blown is how he was created. Yeah, I, I feel like we're not at the end point of the melted, inflated thing either, right? Like it's still happening as we watch him. Yeah, it's like someone's still trying to save the sculpture. Exactly. Um, so yeah, as I said, the, the punching He's like thing. Like a paint of glass in a medieval church. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, as I said, that didn't happen. Uh, but don't worry, there has been some severe finger wagging in his direction. I mean, fingers are just flying from the Republican Party all over the map. They were just well, they were, and then people got distracted because Trump tweeted that Saturday Night Live was the enemy of the people. <laughs> so Porterfield's back leading the government of his state again, yeah, that's which is his I job. He, I think he meant the savings and loan crisis is the enemy of the people. <laughs> it's, it's easy to confuse that. And in sunk cost news tonight, as the news cycle has descended into ever more malignant, rejected House of Cards plots, there's still one place I've been able to go to find a slice of joy. One subject in the news cycle that's remained a pork belly of light in these dark times and provided me with a much-needed regiment of schadenfreude. And that subject has been the abject financial embarrassment of Ken Ham's giant stupidity-themed arc park. For years uh, now, I've just watched the, the already mm. anemic attendance numbers oh. dwindle ever closer to single digits, mm. and I've basked in the increasingly desperate intellectual flailings Amish Wolverine is employed to avoid admitting that his boat sank without ever touching the sea. It's true. The Ark Park is the ex-girlfriend who got super duper fat of fighting theocracy. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Always there. We lost we're every other battle. Down. But yeah, right. She's just falling down. You wake up every morning. Somehow she's outside your window. It's a buttered floor. She's falling on her face. It's the oh. best. Knocks the wind out of her. Makes that weird. You stop at grapes <laughs> on a buttered floor. Yes. All right, but Ham's apparently working a new tactic to try to drum up business at the Ark Park. See, in addition to being a spectacularly boring, rideless park built out of gopher wood and poor reading comprehension, the park also has to overcome the fact that they're not allowed into the lucrative field trip market, which sustains most boring attractions in the offseason. Because his park is religious themed, it would be a First Amendment violation for a public school to organize such a trip, a fact that American atheists and the Freedom from Religion Foundation have made abundantly clear in letters to every school within 500 miles of this place. But now, him's pushing back against the Constitution by declaring opposite day and arguing that if you think about it, it's really a First Amendment violation to not bus public school kids to his park. Yeah, and I'll be damned if Trinity Lutheran doesn't back him the fuck up yeah, on that. Yeah, right. No, the parking lot is secular, Ugh. so they can take him there. Yeah, can't, can't wait to hear the OA on that one. That's the, 
Yeah. Andrew breaking pencils. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Holocaust Denial Land. Teach the controversy. Right. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this cerebral contortion comes to us via Wall Builders, the presciently named bigotry themed revisionist history program hosted by famous historian David Barton. <laughs> During an interview on Barton's radio show, Ham argued that busing children to his theme parks wouldn't violate the establishment clause unless the teachers told them they had to believe the stuff they were being told. He argued, quote, provided they don't promote it and say you have to believe this if they say to them, you're going on a field trip and it's an educational field trip to get a different perspective and to see what they believe End quote, because the quote just rants on like that forever and there's never like a concluding <laughs> clause. But you get the idea. You see where he's going. It, it, it's like how David Barton and Ken Ham would have no issue whatsoever with local schools touring our studios and watching me record a diatribe as long as they were told they didn't have to believe it. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Hey, and if they come to us, that doesn't violate my probation. They were very clear. I called. Yes, it does. It actually does. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it it's, does. It's, it's worse. It does. In fact, yeah. yeah. But yeah, because <laughs> of the Halloween no, thing. I remember that. Yeah, right. Nope. But it turns out that he had yet another asininity gear to shift to somehow. So he then argued that quote, in fact, to not do that, that being bus public schools to his park and fork taxpayer dollars over to his bottom line is actually against the constitutional rights of the students themselves, depriving them of the opportunity to experience or engage and challenge with other perspectives. And sick. Because seriously, <laughs> where the hell else are children in rural Kentucky going to hear about Jesus? Come on. <laughs> From Heath. I'll do it. <laughs> and in Kingdom Come News... We have a brand new sex scandal involving the Catholic Church, and I'm pretty sure they're actually excited about it <laughs> because it's mostly adults and it's mostly consensual in this story, which is a big win for them at this point. Actually, mostly is probably the wrong word, but it's still a big win compared to their normal pars for, you know, grownups and consent. <laughs> yeah, so. right. They literally get graded on a rape curve at this point. A yeah. church bell curve. Child rape curve. Yeah. So thanks to some investigation by an Irish guy named Vince Doyle and thanks to an archbishop who doesn't really uh, get what's happening at any given moment around him <laughs> in physical reality. We learned that the Vatican has an official document that spells out a set of guidelines for dealing with clergy who father a child. But we can't see the document because it's a secret. <laughs> so we have to guess. Item one, don't fuck your baby. Okay, maybe fuck your baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say don't fucking baby. Never appear together on a Catholic code of conduct, even if you count synonyms. <laughs> yeah, so this all started when Vince Doyle learned from his mom that the Roman Catholic priest he knew as godfather as a child was also his uh, biological cum father in real life. <laughs> The Come Father, by the way, very different movie. Uh, yeah, don't make the yeah. mistake. Either. The term "horse's head" is still integral to the story, but yeah, it's it different, is. Yeah. Yeah, different context. <laughs> it follows the plot well. All right. Well, um, it actually all started in 1139, back when all the <laughs> best decisions were made. Of course, uh, 1139. That's when the Vatican made the vow of celibacy their official stance at the Second Lateran Council. It was official across all. Their churches. Now, fast forward to a few years ago 
when Vinnie Doyle found out the priest with a secret entrance to his mom's bedroom wasn't just doing covert special ops priest magic that whole time. He was also <laughs> fucking his mom. Well, now I'm only going to call sex covert special ops priest magic. So well, there you go. It. There you go. And I'm only going to call my covert special ops priest magic sex from now on. I bet you confuse people more often, but I confuse them more overall. <laughs> Your daughter's possessed, huh? I know what she needs. <laughs> if you guys are both there, it just... Anyway. So, um, Doyle decided to start a support group for children of priests. And as part of the project, he tried to get a bunch of bishops to acknowledge all these kids. In response... The bishops usually told him this was a super rare thing. But then he finally found a very confused archbishop who showed him the internal company policy for handling this apparently extremely common thing in which a lifelong ban on sex doesn't usually pan out. Weird. Uh, however, when Doyle asked for a copy, the archbishop was like, no, oh shit, no, it's a secret. Please don't tell the New York Times. And then Doyle told the New York Times. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm reading what I'm telling you on the New York Times website right now. Stop it. Stop <laughs> typing. Banana bread. Damn it. It's right there. <laughs> so the Times started investigating and eventually got a Vatican spokesman to admit that the guidelines do in fact exist. But they're still insisting the document is classified and they wouldn't release any estimates about the exact size of the problem. But we have some idea, at least we have some idea of the very low end of the number, considering Doyle's group has about 50,000 people. We did learn that the general idea of the Vatican policy is to uh, politely ask the priest to get a real job and support his child. But they're not going to be dicks about it. They're not going to lie. <laughs> for some. But either way... um. What the fuck skill does a priest have to get a real job? Yeah, right. None. Exactly. So even if the Vatican forced these people out, they'd just be uh, unemployed dads at that point with a resume that says, uh, God stuff, don't fuck women. Damn it, I fucked a woman. End of resume. <laughs> so Baptists, they can be Baptists. Or politicians. <laughs> politicians. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe there's a couple options, but... Point being, this whole thing is obviously another terrible job by the Vatican of handling their creepy management team. But there is a bigger headline here. Here's the bigger headline. The Catholic Church is having a giant worldwide meeting of high-ranking bishops this week to talk about exactly how much Nazi gold they're going to need to launder to pay off all the newly revealed kids they raped. Yep. So that's that's happening. They have, a, they have to have mm -hmm. a meeting for that with their entire staff. So keeping that in mind, it feels like they're wagging the dog with this. And just to be clear, their diversion thing can be anything less evil than child rape. Yeah. So anything. <laughs> yep. <And laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> this week, it's a story about how some of their best sex is consensual. It's not a great spin. That's their diversion. <laughs> yes. That's the, that's the that's thing they the want us to bomb. know. Right, yeah. right. They want us looking there. Oh, well, still, though, it would be funny if you kicked all those deadbeat dads out at once. They like, could start their own church. Ooh, I wonder what that would be like. Would be like. Would be like. Uh, uh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Our Father Full of Regrets and the Church of the Deadbeat Dad. 
A reminder, uh, services this evening will run until 10 minutes before the super important thing our kid is doing is is over. Uh, today's communion will be Easy Mac. Uh, it's not quite cooked all the way, but I don't think you can put it back in. And we'll be consuming it in silence with our new girlfriend, Cheryl, who's like way, way too young. Judgy. And all fucked up. And if you'll turn... Now in your hymnal to page one, uh, we'll be drunkenly singing Cats in the Cradle while crying. And the cats in the cradle are silver spoon. Where are you coming home, Daddy? Don't go man. We are Oh, no, you have a good time. You're not going to be together. I was doing the Cat Stevens one, not the Ugly Kid Joe one. Oh, it's harder. And on that note, Noah left for vacation and asked us to do the headlines outro. So I'm in charge because Noah's oh, dead. Okay. No, you're not. And when we come back, Tom and Cecil will be here to put the burn back in burn again. What? Roast is born again. Born again. No, no, I, I, I got it. But you see, this is why you're not in charge, though, right? I, but I am, though. Are you? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Yes. You are. You know, here at The Scathing Atheist, we like to keep things fun and fresh by presenting our ads as skits or humorous dialogues. But it turns out not every podcast can do that without it being terrible. So when our advertiser, Robinhood, sent out a podcast-wide advisory for everyone to please just read the freaking copy verbatim, we understood. Somebody else screwed it up for everybody. So with that in mind... Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of The Scathing Atheist a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at scathing.robinhood.com. Robinhood. It's a bird for your phone. Nope. Still not. Uh. Eli, Heath, uh, what what brings you to my office today? Buck tour! (laughs) Yep, yep. Buck tour. Uh, Come on in. Uh, Where's Noah? (laughs) Yes, funny story. So, you know that thing when you're putting a seatbelt on and it kind of locks up and then it won't go all the way forward and you can't click it? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I hate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so does Noah. He's he's in the parking lot yelling at his car. Yeah, we've been here for like 20 minutes. Yeah, he's still out there. If you look out the window, you can see him. Oh, my God. Yeah, he is really going to town, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I got cold. So uh, about the fuck tour, how many fucks until Connie's 
are a business expense. That's a pretty important. Uh, also, one. are dildos like an OSHA thing now? Like, what Ooh, is, that's is, is there one. like safety yeah. stuff on that? <sighs> Gentlemen, we do not need to send Heath on any kind of tour if listeners want to see you. Look, there's still tickets left to see a live god awful movies in Denver on March 9th. And they can even see you at the American Atheist Convention for just 25 bucks in Cincinnati. Nobody needs to go on a fuck tour, okay? okay. Fine. Fine. Wow. Noah is still yelling at his car. Wow. You get him, buddy. You tell him. You tell him. Stupid seatbelt. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Noah. <laughs> it's your day. All right, Heath, no went on vacation and left us one task to provide material. Are you ready to finally let it out? You know I am. Let's do this. The segment we've been trying to release for years. The hard-hitting content that Noah did not want you to see. Sarah and Melania curtaining at, at Ikea. Ikea. Um, what about these? What you doing? I like the ones I got. I, I didn't say that. I said let's pick a few options before we get to furniture in case those don't match. That's They're all They're going saying. to match. They're going to match. Fine. Fine. So, so we're going into bedroom with no backups. That's what we you're saying. Don't, we don't need backups. These are going to be perfect. Okay. Okay. Oh, Sarah. Look, 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 look at this page. Mm. It's so beautiful, baby. Yeah. No, that is, that is beautiful. All right. Let me give it the test. Real quick. That's right, me. I'm the prize winner. I am. I win the prize. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. You're the prize winner? I am the prize winner. It's a whole thing. Sounds like. You'll see. The dictionary defines roast as to cook by prolonged exposure to heat in an oven over a fire. So if you think about it, no matter how bad what we say in this segment is, it's still better than it could have been. Because, yes, it's time once again for a bit of vulgarity for charity. And join us once more, our partners in crime, Tom and Cecil from the Cognitive Dissonance Podcast. Guys, welcome back. Thanks for having us. We already promised we'd do it. <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> All right, for that one, Tom, you can go first. Um, <laughs> Maxwell Demonic donated 100 bucks to get a pair of his friends roasted. Tom, you get Cassidy and Eli, by special request, you get Bob, who, by the way, is fatter than the picture would suggest, Maxwell assures us. All right, uh, Cassidy. Cassidy is like if Beige went on vacation. Like, <laughs> Cassidy is... So unextraordinary, it's like water somehow got watered down. It's like <laughs> toast smeared only with its own crumbs, like <laughs> from other toast and milk. Like Cassidy, you're like the Nebraska of people. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, all right, and I've got Bob, uh, and I did a Facebook search, and yeah. It does appear that Bob ate the rest of his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he's part of the Hell's Angel food camp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cecil, you're up. Mayumi would like a roast of their coworker Neil. 
Neil looks like he's wearing a converted picnic blanket as a coat and all the ants are meeting on his upper lip. Like, <laughs> like, like seriously, dude, the light is coming in just right to catch your tiny translucent mustache. You look like you gave up on acting because you were always cast as the rapist, even if the play didn't have one. <laughs> this is a weird production of Oklahoma. <laughs> all right, Heath. Winning the award for the tiniest picture to ever build a roast from is Frank, who would like a roast of his super yeah. Christian NRA supporting production manager whose name he did not share with us. Not helpful with the picture. I can't even see. It's one pixel. I can't see it. <laughs> it's one pixel. That's fine. I figured it out. Yeah. Uh, we got this tiny little picture and it has a circle frame he does. for some reason. It's like he's in a yearbook of aggressive little league dads <laughs> and he was voted most likely to stand his ground against an umpire <laughs> and when this guy's office door is closed at work he is 100 percent masturbating to the trayvon martin video that is definitely <laughs> what's happening with your production manager all right well now i want in on the action and zach needed a roast of his cousin's husband chris and Oh my God, Chris, you look like melatonin has a spokesperson. <laughs> You're like the avatar that they start you off with before you add features to it. And, and, and. Zach says you're anti-vax and you're an Alex Jones fan, but despite all that good more material, I'm too bored by looking at your picture to bother to incorporate it into your insult. <laughs> the default me. He calls the default me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Time to get political. We got a bunch of politicians to roast it. Eli can start us off. Eli Malcolm wants Ken Buck roasted. Ooh, uh, Ken Buck looks like someone built an optical illusion of a face into a ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cecil Brady would like you to roast Senator Josh Hawley. He looks like Nicolas Cage, but only if you took a picture of him after someone smeared baby food on your lens. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like the kind of guy that sends something back during every restaurant visit. And that, and he doesn't care if people die from pre-existing conditions. And I'm on the fence which one is worse on him. <laughs> it's the restaurant thing. It's the it first one. Right. It's the first yeah. All right. Fuck you. Yeah. Send it back. God damn it. All right. Well, speaking Everybody's of the, the second part, I get Dean Heller on behalf of Andy with an eye. Uh, hey, Dean, scoping out a good spot on the unemployment line there, man. Do you have your tent set up yet? Oh, Might be hard to get tickets. I mean, you know, maybe the voters in Nevada will forgive you on the count of that time you almost had a spine once. But hey, that could only help you if your votes on health care don't kill them before Election Day. One way or the other, though, I bet you're regretting those votes against raising the minimum wage now, huh? But what do I know? I, maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe the NRA will need a portable vagina and favor someone for the position who already knows his way around their pockets. <laughs> All right. So, Heath, Callie points out that Matt Bevan currently only has one asshole. feel like we could do something about that. Oh, that, no, that's true. Um, one asshole, which is unfortunate for him because he'll need at least five if he's going to fit his chin somewhere during a full flight. That's, that's, that's going to be tricky. It's not going in the overhead. He, he looks like Jay Leno got liposuction and then injected all of that fat and bone into his chin. <laughs> all right, Tom, kind of an obscure one for you. Philip would like you to roast Mike Delph. All right, no problem. But uh, Mike, I had to Google you because it turns out you're a Republican from Indiana. Uh, which means that you're just another two-bit, no-nothing, conserva hack hucking scare tactics to idiots for another shot at the most mediocre power position in all of history, 
senator in Indiana. <laughs> I mean, remember, Mike, no matter how much you think you matter, you matter in Indiana, <laughs> which is the same thing as not mattering at all. <laughs> all right, Eli, we've come back around to you. How about you give Teresa May some anti-love? Mm. Oh, Teresa. The avatar and representative for every woman who swore she was going to get out of an abusive relationship. <laughs> Seriously, how terrible at your job do you have to be to technically win at everything and still have everyone hate you and your decision? She is the New England Patriots of politicians. <laughs> it's like she ran unopposed and still lost. But don't worry, T-Mizzle. Pretty sure you're going to be remembered just like Brexit. That is... Not. <laughs> Not. All right, Cecil, how about you help Matt out with a roast of former Pennsylvania gubernatorial candidate Scott Wagner? Oh, man. The picture in this guy. He looks like he looks like he really has to squint up his face in order to engage his thinking bits. <laughs> he crunches up his giant fat face for every single decision, no matter how mundane. This guy will fold his own face in half, picking out a dressing for his salad. <laughs> and he always goes with Sometimes ranch. you don't know. It's always, Sometimes you don't it's know. always ranch in you, the end. Blue cheese. No, balsamic. 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 <laughs> All right, so I'll take Peter's request for a roast of I don't know. This is finished. Juicy Hala Aho. Hala Aho. I don't Jussie know. Boo, nerd. Get a person name. Yeah, right. He's a <laughs> Finnish politician that occurs about 70% of the way through morphing pinky into the brain. <laughs> right? He's, he's a convicted bigot who manages to exemplify everything wrong with white supremacy, both in his actions and his genetics, right? He's like, he's like picture of Dorian Gray, except for like, for why all the other Finnish people are attractive. <laughs> all right, Heath, Caitlin would like a roast of Ohio's GOP Senator Rob Portman. All right. His office is actually like right down the street from me. So Rob Portman is uh, swing state the person. <laughs> like He looks like he just quit a segregated country club and then called his one black friend to brag about it. <laughs> you people are welcome. All right, so Tom, I saved you a good one. Olivia would like you to roast Mike Pence. Aww. All right. Mike Pence, buddy, there is a reason that you are second fiddle to the world's most boring egomaniac. <laughs> you won't eat alone with women, and you call your wife mother. It's because you are the world's first professional cuck. In all of the world, there has never been a toady, a lick spittle, a professional salad tosser so bland and pointless and harmless as you. You're not even nothing. You're second place nothing. You didn't win, Mike. You didn't even have the temerity to lose. My God, you're too fucking afraid to be your own coward. You're a proxy coward. You're craving for hire, Mike. And when history records your name, it will be with a sigh. Take that, fucker. Salad tosser wow. in a bad way is what. All right. <laughs> Try, try and get applause again. Go on. Go on, Mike. Yeah. Try and get some more applause. No, it'll be great. It'll work out great for you, man. That was the best. Uh, oh, God, wasn't it? The president. Did you guys hear me? Did, did I lose you? Do you guys tell uh, Zancaster? All of Poland shut their lights off. <laughs> 
Let's get some water here. I'll deliver that line again. All right. <laughs> Moving on from politics for a moment. It's time for a segment I call Brotherly Love. Got a few folks here who wanted their brothers roasted, and I'd like for you guys to do these ones as explanations of why they're not invited to this year's family reunion. Starting with Andy's brother, Adam. Uh, oh, Adam? Yeah, he can't make it. He's uh, cruising for chicks at the Teen Choice Awards. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about uh, Andreas's brother, Stephen? Stephen is somehow short for like estrogen or something. How does that work? <laughs> estrogen. You look exactly like a person who would be racially profiled, even if you had a badge and a gun. <laughs> you know, if you keep downgrading your life, becoming a security guard instead of a cop, moving to New Jersey from New York, you can eventually <laughs> look forward to fucking up my order at Applebee's. <laughs> you're not invited to the family reunion because you're working at Applebee's. Right? <laughs> Let me get a spin dip, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and Steve's little brother, Mike, who is the epitome of a lax bro. Oh, sorry, Mike. Yeah, uh, mom and dad don't want you coming to the reunion. Um, mostly because you look like the obnoxious angel on Bam Margera's shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also because you have a Jewish girlfriend. <laughs> That's gross. Um, mom and dad are bigots, and they wanted to be super clear on that last thing. They said you should try your Patronus, though, which is Richard Spencer in lacrosse gear. That might <laughs> scare her away. All right. And how about Scott's brother, also named Steve? All right. Hey, Steve, you are not invited to the reunion uh, because none of us can afford to have that wall removed and then rent that crane to lift you. Oh, God. <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, Steve, that's not true. Uh, we could totally afford it. We just... Rather scrape the voluminous goo of your decomposed and neglected remains into a trash can than see your stupid fucking face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. And finally, I'll take Maggie's brother, Benjamin, who is a racist, homophobic gun nut, or as we say here in the States, a Trump supporter. American. <laughs> yeah. And he looks as though someone drew eyebrows on one of Rick Moranis's turds. So, yeah, <laughs> Benjamin... Good luck getting into the reunion this year. Uh, word of warning, we took your advice and built a wall to keep out the undesirables. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on from Brothers for a moment. Heath, I've got a fun one for you. Matthew would like you to roast Christian God. Christian God, okay. Hey, uh, you paying attention over there? Christian God, I want you to stop me from roasting you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, just say anything. You got this? Interrupted any moment, and I will not call you nothing. A Nazi rapist. <laughs> no, anything. Okay, say nothing, and I'll do an atheist podcast for the last six years, making money on that. It's my entire job. Got it. Okay, and in case it's not clear, sculptures of Confederate generals are being handled the same way as sculptures of your son. <laughs> You're a Nazi rapist. All right. So couldn't stop me. Cecil, I'm going to get historical on you. Jeff would like a roast of Martin Luther. <laughs> ah, Martin Luther, the patron saint of passive aggressive post-it notes. <laughs> You're the dick that thought it was faith, not deeds that would lead believers to salvation. So you essentially greenlit countless deathbed confessions of total fucking assholes, giving them a few last minutes of smugness instead of dying with shame that they deserved. <laughs> Fuck you, you floppy-hatted John Lithgow-looking <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck you. Floppy. 
Yes, floppy, floppy hat's the best part. It is a great floppy hat. All right, and Tom, Patrick would like a roast of the Southbridge, Massachusetts public school system. Oh, fuck them. Sorry, oh. before Tom goes, fuck them. I hate that school system. Gosh. All right, well, that's a good one because rarely is the question asked, is our children learning? And- <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Not at Southbridge. Uh, and that's... <laughs> Not even inaccurate because I just looked at their test scores online, a privilege that I guess I enjoy. Unlike 69% of their students who lack basic fucking reading comprehension, (laughs) which means they won't even grow to know that they don't know what they don't know. So (laughs) Southbridge, Massachusetts public schools where ignorance is mandatory. (laughs) All right, and Eli, Brian would like a few not-so-kind words for his co-host, Aaron. Oh, I'm happy to, because Aaron is a theology major and the youth director at his local church. Aaron, buddy, come come on, put down the Cimmerillion for a second and lean in. Come here, come here. You, you got to stop, okay? I know it's not real. You know it's not real. You know I know it's not real. Just... Just put the book down and follow your true calling as a model for stock photos about anxiety. Follow <laughs> your dreams, Aaron. You can do it. All uh, right. So I always like to close off on some folks that really have it coming. So I've got one for each of you, starting with Heath. Heath, Alex would like you to roast his wife's ex-best friend, Vanessa. And here's a picture of Vanessa holding a praying mantis. Oh, uh, yeah, pretty sure that's actually a picture of a giantess holding a dragon. <laughs> Vanessa looks like a slow motion catcher's mitt. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like that doesn't really make sense, but it does. No, it does, it does no, if you see the picture. Her it magical does. origin story. Uh, yeah. Uh, All right, Eli, you get Stuart's father-in-law, Graham, who as a church leader thinks golf is more important than his daughter and, quote, thinks the word Negro is somehow even remotely appropriate, despite the fact that he lives in Australia today, not the deep south in 1860. Oh, all right, Graham. uh, Let me put this in a way you'll understand. Uh, Oi, you can't be going about saying things like that when you're so similar to a bollocks that your milliner asks you to turn your head and cough. I know you like golf, so let me make this simple. If you don't cut it out, everyone's going to remember you as an a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've oh, reached Eli's my limit. My milliner joke didn't get the laugh I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Paralyzed with sadness. Genius. Right. Googled it. So I'm going to take Steve's request for a roast of <laughs> GOP operative Ron. And as if this guy's face doesn't make him hateable enough, Steve sent us a picture of him next to Chris Christie. <laughs> and, and by the way, the guy has the exact same size, physique, and visage as that little Kowakian monkey lizard that giggled next to Jabba. So it's impossible not to worry for Leia's safety when you see this pic. So, Ron, you're a fucking twerp. Okay, there are more grandiose insults I could offer a person of your general shittiness, but you don't rise to the level of big insults. You're you're a tiny mind in a tiny man waving a, waving a tiny dick at a tiny audience, and the closest you ever came to big was expressing your tiny little thoughts in all caps. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. So mean, I like that. 
All right, so Cecil. Super Tom and Duck. I love that. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank it's you. Good. It's rubbing As off it on goes anything. on, we all get there. Yes. <laughs> we are getting meaner, I've known. All right, so Cecil, nobody and nothing has ever asked for it. Well, yeah, we're just getting sick of doing this shit at this point. We're like, are we fucking done? Fuck this guy, too. Okay. Ugly person. <laughs> Next. <laughs> All right, Cecil. Nobody and nothing has ever asked for it more. Joseph would like you to roast the state of Minnesota. The state of Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota. Minnesota. Two words, Minnesota. Michelle Bachman. You elected her four fucking times to the House. You elected a more religious Sarah Palin to the House. You think about that. And what, and what is it with the two coldest states electing folksy ditzes to office? Aren't these the two same states that are the top Pornhub searches for giantess porn? That's correct. That's correct. I feel like I want to roll up a newspaper and just swat all of Minnesota in the nose. <laughs> no. Stop it. Bad. Stop it. Right. And you're shitting. All right, finally, Tom, this one's for you. I'd like to close things off tonight with a roast for Citizen Gold for all the non-patrons out there. Oh, God, non-patrons. All right, no problem. As I see it, uh, there are just two types of non-patrons, Noah. There are those out there who can donate and don't, and then there are those who can't donate because they're too lazy to take second or third jobs to make it possible for them to fucking donate. <laughs> all right? Either way... Think of this, guys, as one of those, like, penny things at the gas station. Like, if you have a penny, leave a penny. And if you have a dollar, we should donate that to us through fucking Patreon. What do you think? I want your fucking spare change? I want your fucking pennies? <laughs> this show isn't going to complain about how hard it is to make itself. I may as well give you some money so you can listen to us complain about it before your friends do. Also, if you don't donate money to the show, it's because you're bad in bed. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, while you guys all think on that, and I remind you that we love all of our listeners. We just love the, the patrons, patrons more. Uh, we'll close <laughs> it off for the night. Uh, if you guys want to hear more from Tom and Cecil, check out the show notes for a link to Cognitive Dissonance. You should definitely listen to it if you're not already doing that. Guys, thanks again for hanging out. That was a blast as always. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Before we make like a tree and fall in the woods and nobody's around to hear us. I want to remind you that you can come see us in Cincinnati on Easter weekend at the American Atheist Annual Convention. If you only make one con this year, that's the one to attend and ticket information is in a link in the show notes. Anyway, that's all the blast movie we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I'd be a ridiculous asshole if I neglected to thank Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick for all the work they did on the show and for hooking me up with a week off in Denver for my birthday. Also need to thank the lovely Lucinda Lusions, who promises to be back with Twim next week. Also want to thank the devil himself for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. If you want to check out more of his work, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, I guess. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best people, whose names I don't know yet, because I had to record this in advance before I took the trip. I promise I'll, I'll thank you by name next week. And if you'd like to hear your name right alongside theirs and maybe hook a podcaster up for his birthday, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode. Or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but all your money is tied up in your new money not startup you can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review on itunes telling a friend about the show and liking our facebook page also follow at p-i-a-t pod on twitter for all the latest 
from Puzzle and a Thunderstorm's crew. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P.O. Drew Torres. Tim Robertson handles our social media and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark. We also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingads.com. Also, wait, wait, wait. Also, thanks, Tom and Cecil. Thanks, guys. If you want to check out more of them, they're on the show notes, too. Sorry, I didn't forget about you. I almost did, but I did you want you want to go to exit 94 b yell, oh, yell an exit sign <laughs> that remains the best moment on any trip in my entire life <laughs> <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of puzzle and a thunderstorm llc copyright 2019 all rights reserved